Alright, hello everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the UCOM Connect podcast with Michael Lilly, as always, joined by Neil Height. Neil, how are things going for you this week? Well, had a little hiccup. Yeah. Had a little uh, <laughs> strep throat going on, but I never got really sick with it, but it's kind of had me stay at my distance from folks, so it slowed me down on a couple of things, but other than that, things have been great. Well, it's good to hear that you're feeling better. Um, why don't you tell us where UCOM was this past week, where people are planning on going this coming Sunday. I know this, this weekend's uh, CYC, so... Yep. Um, last Sunday was busy, busy. This Sunday's a whole lot lighter. Last Sunday we had someone... Well, you were at Beach Grove. Mm-hmm. Um, Landon was scheduled to be at Stone to Sing... I'm not sure if he wound up going or not. They had trying to work something out there. I was at Mayland. Dennis Hood was at Free State. And uh, Charlie Lefevre was covering Chestnut Mound for us. This coming week, the 25th, CYC weekend, we have Beach Grove will be covered by Brother Dale Anderson. And Mayland, Mayland will be Dennis Hood. And then uh, Livingston has asked for some help for that Sunday, that morning only. And A.C. Allen will be covering up there. So only three this coming Sunday. Lord willing, no one cancels or whatever. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people going to be out of town. might be hard to find somebody yeah, at this later. But. Yeah, that's that's kind of the situation that happened with uh, Livingston Church of Christ. They Jonathan Ledbetter messaged me on Facebook uh, yesterday, I guess it was. Yeah, yesterday. Days all blend together. They We've do. Got a, you did get back with him. Yes, I did. Okay, I good, 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 good. Um, but yes, he said that he had several people he reached out to, and people are busy and out at CYC themselves, and he's going to be there too. So um, he thought of us, and we're always glad to help. Absolutely. Um, luckily, you know, it's like you said, it's kind of a thin, light uh, Sunday this week, so. Um, and we're certainly thankful for AC for being willing to go out there and help them out. Um, well, as far as that goes, uh, as we've mentioned a couple times already, the CYC this weekend uh, up in the Great Smoky Mountains, uh, always a good time, and I thought we might spend some time reminiscing on some CYC memories and Maybe things we might be, you guys might be looking forward to. I'm not going this year with the two little ones uh, being the way they are, but um, it becomes a challenge when you've got two little ones like that. I understand. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping next year Cade will be a little bit more manageable, uh, and I might, I might tackle bringing him by myself and leave Lexi at home with Carver. So. <laughs> yeah. We had fun last year. He and I yeah. played there for a while. Yeah. Yeah, how long how long have you been going to CYC? So me and Lexi, I guess that's that's an interesting story too. Uh, it was the year of the tornado, so we went to CYC, and then like the next week was when the tornado came oh, through. Oh wow! Um, so th- three was that twenty one. 20, wasn't it? And COVID. The COVID was 20. 20, 2020. So, me and Lexi, uh, we came to Double Springs about December of 
2019 then. So we hadn't been at Double Springs long, and we hadn't been at Double Springs for very many Sundays through January and February because I was preaching uh, multiple times a month at that point too. So um, we got the invite from Dylan uh, to, to come to CYC, and uh, we thought that'd be a good opportunity for us to kind of get to know some people and make some connections and just kind of have a good time and also hear some great preaching and singing. Um, that so singing is on another level. It, it truly is. And, <laughs> you know, the first year we went, they had the stage up against the wall. I remember that. They yeah. had the stage up against the wall, and everybody was so disappointed because everybody likes it when the stage is in the middle of the big space and everybody is kind of singing at one another mm-hmm. and it just it the acoustics are a lot different uh, when they set it up that way. Uh, we got to experience that last year, which was cool. But um, yeah, we we like I said, hadn't been going long and uh, didn't really know that many people. Me and Lexi got to the cabin, um, and there were a few people there, but. Terry and Lisa were sitting in the cabin, and you could tell they were both having they were having a bit of a heated discussion over something we had no idea, and so we just kind of walked in and introduced ourselves and just kind of sat down and uh, were chit chatting, and they just start spilling everything that was going on. Uh, apparently, that was you know Heather was dealing with the aftermath of the divorce mm. and. Uh, so there was a, a heated discussion going on that we walked into. That's what we found out. But we hadn't really met Terry and Lisa before that. And then they just start throwing all that at us. And we're like, oh, okay, yeah, nice to meet you too. Uh, and so that was, a, that was just a funny moment. But we, we, got, we got really connected with the Coomers. And, and Lexi and Heather really hit it off too that weekend. So, um that was overall a good experience, and then followed by the tornado right after. And, and, you know, I hate to say that that was also a good experience, but there there was a lot of good that was done uh, through uh, the, the turmoil and the, the devastation that happened with that. Um, and a lot of spiritual growth for both me and Lexi individually, but also, of course, as Double Springs as the congregation as a whole, so. Yeah, there's several opportunities provided there for, for us to be the church. Mm-hmm. Instead of just say we're the church, to actually be the church. Well, you know, I was trying to think. I'm not sure how many years we went because it was still in Gatlinburg when we started going. Um, oh, yeah, up at the Gatlinburg event. Yeah, Center. yeah. Convention Center. And, uh, oh, I'm so glad it's in Pigeon Forge. I know some of the others wish it were back in Gatlinburg. But I just, I am not a big crowd yeah. When you're trying to get somewhere and walking or whatever. Now, I love getting together with that many and worshiping. I'm good with that. But when you get out of there and you are walking shoulder to shoulder down the street, and I don't like to shop, I don't want to be in those shops, I just want to go back to wherever we're going. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, just, told us, they told us that, that it used to be up in Gatlinburg. Cool. And all I could think about was, that sounds like such a logistical nightmare. It was. Like, why did anybody think that was a good idea? I guess oh, there wasn't a better place, really, at that point. Well, see, it hadn't been built. Yeah, the, concert the, 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 the little built. concert center wasn't even there, so. so it makes sense, but. Uh, I remember, of course, we were taking the youth at the time. I never I had a specific title, 
but if things were being done with the youth, most of the time Diane and I were at least involved with it. Most of the time we were the ones promoting it and yeah. chaperoning it or whatever. So we went went several years there and uh, have really, really enjoyed it. Loved here. The the difference that you get with the young people who love to sing and wants to want to sing, it just it, it changes mm -hmm. the way the songs sound. Now I will tell you this, I think the acoustics were probably better in Gatlinburg. Yeah. They were. But uh, it's still it's on another level. And you hear such thought provoking whether it be the skits, mm -hmm. whether it be just you know somebody getting up and announcing some things that are going on it just there's all kinds of things that just make you think about how can i show be do rather than what am i getting out of this so yeah. i think it, it's a great thing and i'm glad that it's tailored specifically for young people uh, if you haven't been there there are they, they play interactive games, not as worship. Everybody hear this. They make the announcement. They explain <laughs> that this is not worship. But there are things that they do on Saturday that just get the kids up and excited and going. And then they, uh, the, the SWAT team with their skits, sometimes they're just, you know, two-minute skits. And the they leave you really thinking like, ooh-wee. Yeah. Special weapons and tactics. <laughs> no. Skits with a thought. Skits with a thought. Yeah. S-W-A-T. And uh, we, we enjoy that. And to be honest with you, you look around and I think the adults are enjoying it just as much or oh, more yeah, than the yeah. kids. I think, I think I've heard more adults rant and rave about how much they specifically love CYC versus the teens, not the teens don't, but the, you know. I enjoy back at the cabin. Yes. Time to sit around and talk with folks. Nobody's got to rush off to get back home. You're sleeping there for the night. Nobody's got to, to rush off to their job. We're going to be there all night. And, you know, there's times that you look up at the clock and it's way past time you ought to have been in bed mm -hmm. to be awake the next day. But sometimes that's what's needed. Some folks just need, need people to talk to, and it's a chance to really, really be drawn closer together as a body, uh, make connections. Man, we have got to make connections from the oldest to the youngest. Yeah. It's got to be all the way across there, because if all we do is have little pockets of connection, we're showing favoritism. We're showing and favoritism, and, and it's really hard it's to... disjointing the body. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to grow when you only hear what you want to hear, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the older people kind of maybe stick to their group and, and they just kind of repeat the same things that they've heard uh, for years and years and they don't hear anything that the younger people have to say. But then you've got the younger people who don't have the experience that the older generations have and they... You know, I mean, it's, whether we like it or not, I mean, it's easy to misinterpret things sometimes. It I is. Mean, you see all the division that's in the Christian world, right? So yeah. it's easy to misinterpret things. And if you don't have people there that can help guide you and you're not inviting those people into your inner circle, I mean, 
you you can get lost pretty easily. So it's it's there's a lot of reasons why, like you said, that intergenerational connection and those relationships are are really important. Um, and that's why I'm I'm really thankful that Double Springs has somebody like Chase who's not just a youth minister, but uh, his title is family minister. He really, I mean, goes even further than, than just what the title implies. But, um, you know, he's he's done a lot of things and uh, been a driving force between, you know, the people at Double Springs and, and making those intergenerational connections uh, with things like Crazy Eights and stuff like that. Uh, right. Our Crazy Eight group just met uh, for the first time this season last night at, at uh, Stacy and Sandy's. Had a good time. Got to uh, got to meet the Fleeners. You know, they I, I hadn't really had a chance to talk to them much, but right. um, yeah. yeah. Was, Jeremy Brooke, yeah, yeah. Good conversation. Good people. Yeah, they are. They are really happy here, and uh, their daughter is just ecstatic with the youth group and how she's involved and the yeah. things that they do, and that's just that. That's how we we grow in our faith. I mean. You make, you make it somewhere that you want to be, mm-hmm. and that's what it should be. And if you've gotten to the point where you have to do this and you have to do that, it's time to re-examine. I mean, yeah. why, why do I feel that way? And uh, maybe you need to talk to somebody about, you know, this is what's going on. And we're all subject to the pressures and the... the things of this world that kind of drag at us or pull us back and sometimes you just need to sit down and talk with somebody what you'll find out many times is you know I've been there or man I'm glad somebody else because I'm feeling the same way it's just so I mean that's the whole idea of, of our being able to talk to one another yeah uh, well uh, something else that I, I really like about CYC specifically is the uh the vendors and the booths because oh, yeah. I'm I'm I guess a, a nerd right so I always like to find new study helps and uh, books and things like that that I can sit down and, and dive into uh, like I said to, to get a different angle at some things that I've heard for a long time and uh, maybe some some new ideas or new perspectives um, but I also think it's it's good because a lot of the Christian universities come and set up booths and uh, get to get to kind of talk to the kids and uh, you know there's I th- think there's a lot of good uh, things about uh, getting our youth to um, to go to one of those Christian universities. Um, and know, let's we, just be clear: the Christian university offers more degrees than just a preaching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some of them are very well known for some of their other degrees. Huh? So if you're not, if you don't want to be a preacher, per se, that that's doesn't fine. mean that that school's not for you. Look into the programs. Yeah, a lot of these schools are, um, <coughs> like you said, they're 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 really well known not just for their preaching, but for their, I mean, their academics. They, they're Absolutely. great academic schools. So, um, and and of course, you know, being at a Christian university means that they're surrounded typically by. Uh, fellow Christians and right. we, we see so often people will or 
our, our youth will graduate from high school and leave the youth group and head off to college and they'll go somewhere like Tech or, or UT and not that those schools are bad or anything but the people at those schools don't always have the same values that you have uh, and, and you know you're basically throwing a child out into the world and you know Neil uh, I don't mean this in a condemning way um, but sometimes we send our youth out of the youth group and send them to college uh, and they have no idea how to defend their faith. You are correct. Uh, they're faced with all these different worldly viewpoints and uh, their faith is challenged and sometimes it, it falters and they, they can't withstand it. Um, so I think it's, I think it's a good environment. Uh, to send them in because it kind of helps reinforce some of those values and help. I mean, a lot of those universities still do require some level of biblical scholarship too, right? Uh, as part of their academic programs. So, well, and you're looking at the majority of the faculty, not probably not all of them. I can't say that at one time it would have been all of them that share that faith as well. Mm -hmm. So there's someone who is. Uh, intellectually advanced yeah. that you can go to and talk to and they're going to give you a scriptural and biblical answer about the questions that you're doing and I think that's so important um, now granted we understand that it's not a perfect environment and that there are things that go on at those schools that shouldn't go on as well we do know that yep. it's just it gives folks a better chance to deepen their understanding because again they're still with folks and they're at a at a place that should be encouraging being in education for 27 years one of my greatest days was when the students asked questions deep probing yeah. probing you know stump the teacher questions that's that's when you know they're thinking yeah and you know when they can do that and are encouraged to do that, they can get a better grip on their own faith and understand what they believe and why they believe it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what we want. It, it has to be their faith. They can't, they're not going to inherit mom and daddy's faith, like it or not. It, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I've, I've said that uh, many times, you know, becoming a parent and having conversations with your spouse, who is also your equal as a parent you know you want to make sure you're on the same page mm -hmm. right uh, and and you know I think sometimes Christian parents with good intention try to forcibly instill their faith and their values into their kids and the kids can tell that it feels very forced I felt that way growing up uh, I grew up in the Mormon church and my parents were very <laughs> they were very lukewarm Mormons. We didn't go to church super often. We went maybe once or twice a month. Uh, we played around at, you know, midweek youth group stuff. Um, but we were never, like, super active. But they still tried to enforce all of the, you know, restrictions and traditions and commands that the Mormon church has put out in the household and it just felt very forced it felt very fake and when now as 
all of us kids have gotten older. There were five of us, and none of us are active Mormons anymore. <laughs> we, we don't identify with that faith. Right. Because we could tell that, you know, my parents weren't sincere about it. My parents, and maybe, maybe that's a story for another time, but <clears throat> my parents literally became Mormons out of spite over Churches of Christ. And that's a funny story. I'll share it another time. But we, we could tell. We could tell growing up. And when we got older that it wasn't. They weren't convicted. So why would I be convicted? So hmm. that's, that's a big <clears throat> determinant of whether the children uh, become faithful. Mm-hmm. Parents. I want to go back and revisit something. You talked about sending a child out into the world. And, and you by no means was trying to belittle or, or berate anyone talking about that but some of the research out there right now in psychology is saying that at, where my grandparents would have been 15 and yes I'm older okay <laughs> so my grandparents were born in the early 1900s okay yeah. their maturity level at 15 years old it takes this generation now to the age of 28 to be that <clears throat> I, I believe that, Neil. And I'm studying for <clears throat> a class for our, our young adults, uh, college age, whatever you want to call them, and they want to talk about marriage. And some of the statistics are talking about somewhere between 26 and 28 is the average age of a male getting married in 2022 and 2023. 26 and 28. Mm-hmm. They were getting married at 15. Yeah. So that kind of that kind of you know shows it's, that big, kind of be the case. Gap. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think there's probably a lot of reasons into that, and I, I think just one of the one of the big ones probably being that there's so many more distractions in the world now with the uh, the advent of the internet and the information age, uh, video games and brain rot apps like TikTok and oh, yeah. YouTube and stuff like that that. And, and there's there's good content on those apps, but it's not uh, that's not what kids are getting into. We've They're got getting an into age of knowledge, but not of discernment. Correct. That's that's an excellent way to put it. Um, yeah, we got so much access to so much information, which bluntly, there's probably about as much false information as there is true information out there now. You gotta be careful where you get your information from. And, you know, it's to the point where I can make up my mind and then I can look for what I want to support it rather than look for the information and then make up my mind. I think we've, we put the cart before the horse. Yeah. And that's, we're seeing the results of that now too. Well, I do wanna ask you, Neil, about your favorite memory and your favorite lesson that you can recall uh, that was given at CYC? Ooh, I remember my favorite lesson. And believe me, it, it, there are ones, there'd be plenty. Oh yeah. But it was Reed Swindle. Reed's and, a good he, one. and he talked about confession being a lifestyle. It's not just saying that you believe in Jesus, it's a lifestyle. And if you're really going to confess him, it's a day-to-day, how does your life look? It's a day-to-day 
event adventure. Yeah. And that that really stuck with me. In fact, uh, I come back home, took a few notes, come back home and wrote a sermon. I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna use that. And I told him later. He said, "Man, that's great. Um, take anything, and most preachers will tell you the same thing. Yeah. Take anything that that I've said." Use it, make it your own. As long as it's scripture and true, use it. If it's not, you better tell me so I can fix it. Yeah. I, I did that recently. With, and my uh, favorite memory. Um, I guess for the kids, we were, we were in Gatlinburg, and we were taking a group picture. Lonnie Jones come out mm. of the convention center, and uh, he said, you guys, you guys uh, taking a picture? He said, yeah, join us. So Spider-Man Lonnie climbed up on something and got uh, up behind him. It was kind of like Spider-Man back yeah. then. We've got a picture of that. That just tickled them to no end. And uh, later on, Lonnie came to our congregation and, and talked to our kids about um, some very serious things that, that teens deal with, uh, depression, uh, thoughts of suicide and things like that. And, and just made a great connection with our kids because they, you know, they love Lonnie anyhow. But yeah. that just really, really solidified that. I think for me, uh, one of the lessons, of course, I've heard a lot fewer lessons at CYC than you have over the years. But uh, one that always stuck with me was the first year I went to CYC was um, it was Lonnie. Uh, himself given given a lesson on Sunday morning, and um, he he preached a lesson about the the freedom that we have to call God Abba, and and he he had several illustrations that he used. Of course, Lonnie likes to use Lonnie is visual. He's a visual guy. Uh, so he, he had a, a chain that, that he brought out that he used in a visualization, but, um, just the, yeah, at the time I wasn't really, I guess, well studied or as well studied as I am now on scripture. Um, but just the story of the woman that was caught in adultery and being drug out and brought to the temple. That's something that uh, I, I, I think about that story every single day, unironically, that this woman was dead to rights. I mean, they caught her in the act. You could not be more guilty. Uh, now, they didn't bring the guy out for whatever reason, but uh, another topic for another time. But this woman, as guilty as can be, drug her to the temple... And those guys were right in that under the law of Moses, she should be stoned. But just the the grace, the challenge that Jesus issued of, okay, well, any of you that's without sin, let you, you can you can throw the first stone. And the realization slowly <laughs> maybe and the, the thing the way Lonnie portrayed it was that, you know, if you think about it, you know, maybe it, it might have been the the older guys that thought back and realized a little bit wiser, yeah, you know what? He's right. I, I have no right to throw this stone. The older guys walked away, and the younger guys who were, 
you know, real fiery. They're ready yeah. for blood. Yeah, we'll see somebody get yeah, it. Yeah, they're they're real zealous and ready to go. And they see the older guys walking away, and they're like, "Wait a minute, what's going on here? Like, if if none of them can throw the stone, well, then I, sh- I certainly ain't good enough to do it." Um, and eventually, that woman's standing by herself, and Jesus is just still drawing in the, in the dirt. dirt. Yep, yep, piddling in the dirt, and uh, she just. Is standing there waiting, and Jesus is, just says, "Well, where'd everybody go? <laughs> where'd everybody go?" Did uh, none remain to condemn you? And he, he never once says that she didn't sin. He never once condones what she did, but what he says is, "I don't condemn you. So go and sin no more, but I don't condemn you." And, I mean, that's, that's what Jesus says to us, right? We have no condemnation. There's no guilt. There's no shame for those that are in Christ Jesus. That's right. So, sticks, that just has stuck with me ever since then, and I, I will never forget that. Well, it's going to be one of those weekends where I come back and I'm going to need some rest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm sure we'll stay up too late. But it would be for a good reason. Yeah. So uh, all of you out there, if you would be praying for all of these uh, young people and their chaperones and folks who will be traveling to CYC, you're looking at uh, probably upwards of 12,000 people going to be there just for that event. And anytime you have that number of people in, in that, that close proximity of one another, that there are possibilities for accidents and things like that. So just be praying for all those folks who will be traveling and pray that it will be a weekend that deepens and strengthens faith and relationships and that uh, they'll come back on fire and that they can be part of the, the body that uh, kind of spurs the rest of us on so that we do what we need to be doing as well. Let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Lord God, it is such a privilege to come before you to call you Father, to be able to petition you directly. We thank you so much for the privilege that was afforded us by that precious Savior, the spotless Lamb, your Son. As we think about the opportunity that we have to do this podcast and other things that we have, guide us, Lord, that we will use those opportunities to properly present your Word and and to be an example to those around us and to be able to show others you living in us. We pray for a safe trip and uh, to and from CYC for all those who will be attending. We pray for much learning to take place, the deepening of their relationship with you, the deepening of their relationship with one another and those that will be with them, that it will strengthen the body universal, that each one will go back to their respective places, that the address that is on the, on the door as a strengthened body and ready to serve you. Lord, we ask that you continue to guide us for UCOM and bless those who are willing to help out. And we pray that as opportunities arise, that you'll continue to provide us with those who will be able to help. And we pray that in these endeavors that we can strengthen your body wherever we may go. We ask, Lord, that you would give us wisdom, that we would always conduct ourselves in such a way that you would be glorified in all. For in Christ we pray. Amen. Amen.